Andy Bastian. And I'm Aubrey Calvin. And this is Southern Queries. Exploring all things LGBTQ in the South. Hey, 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 Southern Queries fans. In this episode, Aubrey and I talk through what we discovered when researching more about all things gay weddings. We also talk briefly about some news of a couple in South Carolina getting denied service for being gay. Mostly, the information we cover is quite positive, and more than anything, I'm excited to share the stories of all these amazing people that I spoke with uh, about their weddings and their experiences in the South. Family of bullied gay teen who killed. Okay, no. This is okay. Here we go. April twelfth, twenty twenty-one. Christian-owned wedding venue turns away gay couple. Christian-owned. Well, surprise. And they are based yeah. in North Carolina. So. Ugh, I am not shocked at all whatsoever. The discrimination bothers me so much. This is why we need the Equality Act passed. But. You got these two guys, McKay Henderson and Ike Edwards, who became engaged on Valentine's Day of this year, had applied via the website to have their host their nuptials hosted at the Highgrove Estate in Fuquay, Varina, North Carolina. And the Christian-owned venue denied the request two days after receiving it, but they provided a list of alternative spaces that would. Well, at least they provided a list of alternative spaces. Yeah, I guess, but I I still think it's discrimination. I still think this is why we need the Equality Act and then kind of ties into what we were talking about last episode about the politics of it and what's still needed. Is that just because you can get married as a same-sex couple, the law is not clear on venues and discrimination and things like that because we know if this was a uh, opposite sex couple but they were say interracial we know that would be illegal yeah we know that it would be illegal to discriminate because of race but we don't have the equality act so is this illegal is this discrimination i think so 100 percent I think so too, but without having getting the Equality Act passed through Congress, these things are going to keep happening on a state-by-state basis. And North Carolina doesn't have a statewide bill or ordinance that prevents this discrimination. So this is disheartening. But how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I am having the best time at my new job and um kind of like learning the ropes and what they're about and whatnot but it's just such a different environment and it's so lovely to be in a different environment i also like i'm super into working from home how about you how are you doing uh i'm doing okay i will give the i don't know do you want the real answer or do you want the podcast everything's going great answer (laughs) the real answer of course yeah it's just been a hard few months you know uh on the whole uh, mental health anxiety 
depression, ADHD world that I live in, it's been a hard few months. I feel like I'm behind on everything. I feel like I just can't catch up mm. and I can't, I don't know, it's hard. It's It's been a struggle just trying to stay. I know I'm not on top of things, I'm behind everything. So I've been trying to just get through that the best I can, but let's talk weddings. about something happier let's let's talk about weddings and not politics and my mental health let's talk about weddings something that is supposed to be an inherently happy event All in right. the modern 21st century well, when the, weddings aren't forced well in our last episode uh we did touch on a little bit about the history of marriage and on this episode aubrey i really wanted us to listen to other couples couples experiences <laughs> here in the south yes i mean i think i think that's important this is not a uh history podcast we're looking the whole point of the podcast is to talk about current everyday lives and everyday experiences and this series wouldn't be complete without us hearing about other people's experiences with the wedding process here in the south yeah so um it's been really intense but i interviewed nine different couples wow. um and i will tell you it's been super interesting and i've made some really great friends but aubrey i wanted to share um the things that i discovered along the way well i mean first of all thank you for taking that on and not making the introvert with social anxiety talk to nine different couples so <laughs> thank you for letting us use your extroverted skills. No and problem. Second, you know, uh, tell me more about these couples so, and about what you talked about. Oh God. So I tried to ask them all the same questions. So then I could have a different array of um, answers to compare. Um, but one of the questions I wondered was whether or not an LGBT person growing up in the South um, what was their first impressions of marriage and did they like sit around wishing and daydreaming about their wedding as a gay person? Um, since it's hard enough to really be yourself in the South, um, and we seem to primarily see only straight couples, um, have the main spotlight, the spotlight and narrative in the society, um, whether it's TV, media, or like in the neighborhood, um, I noticed that LGBTQ couples tend to be on the down low, if like they say, or hidden, especially in rural areas. I know you and I have talked about this before. Obviously, when you travel to big, bigger cities, there are more progressive and more gay friendly. But, you know, people in our neighborhood, like if I see a married LGBTQ couple, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's like a rare sighting. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and you can't even talk about the race part. I mean, that is a whole other topic. Like, uh, but if you aren't bound to the city, it is harder to find other gay couples in the suburbs. I know uh, I was watching an episode of House Hunters on HGTV and it was Dallas-based. Oh. 
But really, they were looking at places like Capel and Flower Mound, and they weren't trying to stay in Dallas proper. And so I found myself wondering, one, why can't the narrator pronounce our Dallas suburbs correctly? Because that annoyed me. And two, I did wonder, uh, you know, what kind of community uh, this lesbian couple was going to be able to find uh, when they did find their house to live in. So yeah, that's something that comes up. Oh, interesting. See, I feel like that might yeah. be a whole other series where we talk about finding a community outside of cities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so one of the questions I asked was, did you grow up thinking about marriage? And when I asked couples if they grew up thinking about marriage, interestingly enough, I got some similar answers between couples. So I first spoke to Robin and Mac. This is what they had to say. We started out by listening to Robin and then Mac. For me, it definitely was. I've had a Pinterest board for as long as I've had a Pinterest, and I don't even know how many years that has been, Um, which has been kind of funny, actually, to look back at, like, the oldest pins and see how much things have changed and how my style and my taste has changed. Um, But I definitely, you know, when I was a child, like, you know, when I would, um, I don't know, like play pretend or whatever, I would always think about getting married and like, I always was like, oh, well, I'm going to get married and like have a baby. And now I'm like, I don't know if I want to have a baby. And like, um, (laughs) you know, obviously things look a lot different, but I definitely grew up like, you know, obsessed with like, say yes to the dress and everything like that. So I definitely thought about it. Yeah, I, that's so funny. We're exact opposites on that. You did get me hooked on say yes to the dress, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know if it was just because I knew around the age of 12 that like I liked women. Um, I was in a like definite feminine identity at that time. So uh, looking retrospectively, I never planned a wedding. I always thought I would do whatever my future wife wanted to do, which I'm doing now, but, um, <laughs> uh, or like we would elope or something. So I feel like that was kind of a bit of the, I knew my parents wouldn't come to the wedding. So mm-hmm. there was no sense in throwing a huge thing if no one was going to come on my side. Um, we actually are dealing with that now and it's fun looking back and thinking that I thought I would care about it a lot more than I do. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. As far as the dress goes, I think that's more of a gender thing because it always thinking like when I was younger, you know, I had to be a bride and wear a beautiful dress and have a husband and all of that crazy stuff. Like, it felt like a character I would have to play, something that was very disconnected for me. Um, When I explored my sexuality at a young age, like, yeah, the thought of wearing a suit or something like that came in, but um, yeah, it's always kind of been with me, like, I'll go with the flow and just see, because I'm happy when you're happy. I then spoke to Ashley and Stephanie. We start out by listening to Ashley and then Stephanie. 
So, did either of you grow up thinking of marriage and proposing? Is that something you, like, daydreamed about? I did. Yes. Stephanie, yeah. did you not? Yeah. <laughs> She's so, like, no. So, yes and no. I think when I was younger, I didn't think that marrying a, a girl would be an option, even okay. though I knew I liked girls. So, I was oh, like... Oh, I definitely agree with that. I, I, did, like, I just thought about marriage in general. I was like, I guess I'll have to marry a guy and have a really close friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you knew you and were then, gay like really young. Yeah, I, I knew didn't know. Very, very young. All right, so you both thought about marriage, but it wasn't like, and yes, I'm super excited to marry a woman. It was like, yes, I guess I'll get married, but ill <laughs> with the dude for her for sure. For me, I didn't know. Like, I really just thought like I'm just gonna be, you know, doing whatever whatever happens. I think as I, when I got into college is when I started kind of understanding like some of the things that had happened in my childhood and how I felt about some things. And then whenever I dated my first girl, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing. And I remember my mom is also, so this is going to be, you're going to be weirded out because everybody always is, but my mom is also gay and she's been with her wife for almost 30 years. This year is 30 years. Wow. But they do not agree with me being gay and they do not agree <laughs> with marriage of two women. So it's, it's very interesting because I remember sitting on the floor after like, we usually have these like parties and stuff on Saturday nights at my mom's house. And I remember sitting there with my mom and her best friend and they were talking about one of their friends that was getting married and they were just so like disgusted by it. And I was like, why? I'm going to get married one day. And they're like, no, you're not. You're not having a wedding. And I was like, yeah, I am. You guys don't have to come, but I'm having it. And that was when I was like early, early twenties probably. And so- What's their reasoning? Now I'm like all curious. Why if it goes against to who they are? Yeah, I think that they both have a really hard time with themselves and the life that they had to live. Um, and it was extremely hard for both of them growing up, especially in West Texas. And so I think that they, at first it was about me like living the life I'm supposed to live and like have this, you know, white picket fence with the, with a husband and two kids and all these things. And in my mind, I just was like, okay, I can still have all those things. Like none of those things don't have to go away. But for them, I think that it was also like, how will people look at them? How will people look at me? You know, that kind of thing. And then as I got older, especially in my later 20s, I kind of just came to this position where I was like, you can either get on the train or get off because like, this is what I'm doing. Like, we're not going to go back. Because for a long time, it was like, well, I mean, if you still want to date a guy, that's okay. And I'm like, get over it. It's not going to happen. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so they're definitely on the train now, though. I mean, oh. I FaceTime with her mom. Oh, yeah. No, She's helping my mom's plan planning. But I'm just saying, like, they're still in their mind. They don't really approve of marriage in general with two women, but they definitely love us and they will come to our wedding. We also spoke to my good friend Cynthia and their wife, um, Adi. So in this clip, we hear. Adi first and then Cynthia. 
I thought of, I grew up thinking about my wedding, <laughs> about walking down that aisle, having a big wedding. I really wanted it to be like a fairy tale because I grew up watching Disney movies. So I, I really like for my wedding, I thought about it being a fairy tale. As far as marriage, I didn't really see, like when I would think about my wedding, I didn't see myself. I never saw the other person, you know, I thought about who it was. Um, so I didn't really think about growing up and being married or being like, yeah, having like a marriage. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, no, it does. I, I, I guess I didn't really think about marriage. I just thought about the wedding. Like you like the wedding portion of it. Yeah, I wanted the party and the fairy <laughs> And the dress. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, I think for me, I, when I was a kid, I would like write poems and I was a very much a hopeless romantic and I would be like, I want to fall in love with this person, we'd be together forever. So to me, it was like the opposite of Adi because I didn't think about the wedding, but I thought about the marriage, like, you know, who am I going to be with? Like, who's going to, you know, be the love of my life and who am I going to share my life with? So I definitely thought about marriage. I didn't know when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. Um, I didn't like set, you know, because some people are like, it's going to happen when I'm 22 and I'm going to have kids by like 25. But um, it was more of like, you know, when it comes. And luckily it did. <laughs> Here we are. And lastly, I did speak to Randy and Kendall and I laugh a lot during this interview, um, but this is what they had to say when they I asked them about it. Did you guys, either of you, grow up thinking of your wedding day? Yes, I did. This is Randy, by the way. Um, I did, absolutely. I mean, Kendall said she always envisioned herself getting married, but that kind of like girly planning your wedding, all the details, blah, 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 was never heard just so when we talked about it she said to me i only care that we have live music tons of people dancing and kick ass food and that's it she was like the rest of it's up to you and i was like done and done so i let her plan and find the band um and then i kind of did the rest and i'm so I vibrate like a chihuahua. I'm so like OCD, crazy, anxious that I had our entire wedding figured out six months before we got married. So, yes. by, the, yes. <laughs> so by the time we got married, literally everything, it was just the very last month. It was basically May through mid-June that it, everything had to fall into place, but I had it all done yeah. prior. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a great experience. Um, I don't know if you want us to tell where we went. Well, I was going to let her kind of guide the ship. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if it was a coincidence or it just happened this way, um, but I interviewed a lot of couples where one of them was a little bit more feminine of center and the other one was more masculine of center across the board. The more feminine of center um, of the couple did grow up thinking about their wedding, whereas the masculine of center did not. Interesting. And 
like, I don't know if it was just a coincidence, but in my case, like Allison and I, I'm the more femme of center. I did not grow up thinking about weddings and Allison also didn't, but she did think about the marriage and being a parent, but neither of us like sat around wishing for our dresses. Whereas all the other couples like unanimously across the board, even though some of the couples weren't like once more masculine and once more feminine, some of them were more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, non-binary or um like fluid in their gender consistently the ones that were more masculine of center did not think about marriage but they did think about um, i mean did not think about weddings but they did think about marriage which was fascinating and i was like well i only interviewed nine couples so i can't like make that a statistic in any shape or form but it was interesting to me that it was consistent with all nine couples that is interesting. And, you know, of course, we're limited to a bunch of things. You know, we reached out to a bunch of couples and we were limited by who got back to us and who contacted us. So this is now like a scientific survey across the board. But I do find that to be very interesting. I know. It's not uh, fascinating. And again, I don't know if it it's because we're in the South and if like you're more feminine of center, you're you have there's like set expectations Versus if you're masculine of center, you have set expectations of what someone who's more masculine of center would do. You know, we have like Southern bells and like cowboy macho men. And I can't tell if those narratives are just stronger in the South. So you see that reflected in the way people are gender presenting in the South. I don't know. I was getting kind of out there. <laughs> with my I mean, there's all kinds of things. It could be, when did they come out? Did they come out? thinking they would ever be able to get married. Like maybe they're younger or older where the actual possibility of marriage was not something they thought they'd ever get to do. So they didn't think about it or maybe they just weren't into the conventional norms and trappings of the idea of weddings and marriage. So there's so many ways you can dissect that. You know, anyway, that was like my side note. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, it was interesting, just like time and time and again, I was like, how much you want to bet? That one's going to say yes, and that one's going to say no. And that's just me purely generalizing based on the way that they were presenting to me via video. Interesting. Huh? I know. And you also spoke to a lot of couples who are dealing with a pandemic or currently planning for a future wedding, hopefully post-pandemic. Uh, did that affect the answers you got from the couples? You bet. But also, shoot, I spoke to Stephanie and Ashley who actually got engaged during the pandemic. And based on their story, I really think the pandemic really proved to them that they could do marriage because of how the pandemic set the relationship up. Let's listen. So we do start off listening to Ash and then Stephanie. I wanted to include how they met and then also their proposal story because most of it actually happened during COVID. And COVID was such a difficult year. Um, I mean, it's still going on, but especially for 2020, I think the story is awfully unique. 
Plus, they're hilarious. Okay. Um, so tell me, how did you guys meet? Well, we have versions of the story. So oh. I'll tell my version first. <laughs> so Ashley starts off by sharing her version. Um, so we were at a chick happy hour. They have, um, have you heard of the chick happy hour? Yeah. Okay. But um, for our audience who hasn't heard about it, maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So in Dallas, once a month, usually the first Thursday of the month, um, they have a meeting of as many lesbians as possible at different restaurants, bars, um, and places. And so there was one at this place called lake house the lake house we hear stephanie adding her two cents to the story here bar and grill which so it's it's not like we're meeting up at a at a lesbian or gay establishment it's like this just kind of queer takeover if you will i actually saw one of my sorority sisters who was there with a mommy group and she walked in and i and i saw her look around like what is going on <laughs> love that uh-huh yeah so we were there and i my actually the friend i went with had to talk me into going because i really didn't want to and as most um, of these of gay stories play so out we hear in I... great detail who was dating who who didn't get a call back oh the webs of lesbian dating circles until we reach that crucial modern moment of when they both swiped right or up nobody remembers how dating works once you find your person and, me the other yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh you know people and then um like not very long later we like a week no, like great. later that week um i saw her on bumble and uh and then we i of course you know swiped right or i don't even remember bumbles up and down i don't know what the, whatever you swipe yeah. for it i swiped <laughs> i swiped yes and uh we went on a date and had a great time and it was like the never-ending date because i don't think either of us wanted it to be over so we went to dinner and then we went and played pool and then we went dancing and then it was, it was like, great. Oh my gosh. We even got to hear from Stephanie in great detail about their first date and how they were able to continue dating even through a pandemic. Yeah, we dated for a while, um, not, you know, and then COVID hit. And so it was like, it, Dallas was having the quarantine and, the curfew was going on at the time and everything was shutting down and it was like well you should probably come quarantine over here because if you can't go anywhere you know and we're not supposed to be on the roads other than going to work and um yeah so once you can like survive quarantining together i think you can <laughs> just like you're like this is we probably can do life together <laughs> Uh, what do you say? <laughs> I, it was a little sweeter in my proposal, but no. <laughs> Your proposal was sweet. what really struck me is not only how well they fared during COVID, um, but their creativity. I just want to share some of their ideas because I just thought it was so unique. Um, but we, yeah, we had a great time. Actually, uh, we made a date jar. Anytime we would think of like a fun date idea, we'd drop it in this little like cookie jar I have. 
and then we would pull out um you know it, we would just randomly pretty much every night we had just a random activity we'd do learn thriller do some tiktok challenge yeah like we that. did like big things too she i last year was supposed to be the year of festivals for me i had a theme every year for a while and so um jack johnson was playing a festival on tv so she set up this whole like vip section with wristbands and like glow sticks and a hula hoop and like a vip drink section with like a pride flag and it was so fun. And then we also did like a mock. Kudos for creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so good. And then we did a mock. So my, I had to, I had to have some creativity too, because hers was so good. I was like, I got to come back with something. <laughs> so we did a uh, mock bar crawl where I turned every room into the house into a different kind of bar or like club and, yes. so, and different drinks. Each one had a signature drink. Ooh. And so we went through each room and by the end of it, she was like, I think I'm going to be sick for all the different kinds of drinks I had to drink. It really was something else to hear a little bit more about their story. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we um, dated for a year and then lived together COVID for a year, which probably felt like 10 years. I would say it definitely feels like you fast forward, get to know somebody, you know, yeah. Um, sure. I then went on to actually learn more about the proposal story that happened um, during COVID. The proposal. Okay, so I had so many things planned. I'm just <laughs> going to tell you. This... I was waiting for her to go off because <laughs> it's very sweet to me, but she then has all of these other pieces. To I wanted to do so many things. I want, you know, like you're only doing this one time. You want it to be grand. Um, we hear Stephanie primarily in this section. I was trying to get it so we were going to go see the Christmas lights because it was Christmas time. And every, I'll start with this, every month on the 29th, because our first date was on the 29th, we just have like a month anniversary, right? Hmm. And so um, we'd had our, our anniversary. Um, the, and this was just the in December, just a month first re, so we were already going on a date, right? I tried to, like... Stephanie goes to on to tell us in great detail about how all the different things that she had planned went wrong. I wanted to, uh, to fly over a marry me, but like in, in the, on the ground. I couldn't get that to work out, so, but we were still going to do a flight anyway. So I'm so excited. I have, I, I actually took a bunch of like those um, political signs. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of chloroplast signs. And I drilled, very lesbian, right? I drilled holes in them uh, that said, marry me, like each letter on a sign. And then I poked LED Christmas lights through them and I put them out in the yard with question mark too. Wasn't like a command. And after this amazing adventure of going to dinner and trying to distract her and setting up a whole flight plan, weather came into play. It'd been raining and storming, mind you. I'm actually worried now that the signs, in my head, I'm thinking the signs have blown over, but... I'm hoping they're okay. I'm, t I'm trying to side text the photographer. And then I walk in because we get to the airport and it's dark. Uh-oh. And I'm like, 
uh oh. And so I go inside and they're like, oh, um, we, we tried to call you. And I guess that's who called me at dinner. We, we had to cancel all flights because of the weather. And I'm like, no, what am I going to do? Like I have the photographer coming at X time. I'm like, I can't scrap the whole thing for another day. I've still got marry me in the yard, you know? <laughs> and I, I call, by the way, I would have never have known. <laughs> I called one of my good friends who had put the signs up and I was like, what am I supposed to do? Do I just go home? I'm, I just, I just want to go home now. I'm defeated. Yeah. Like, no, go, you know, take her to, to get a drink or something. So after scrambling and freaking out, they finally make it to the front yard only to have Ashley completely flabbergasted. I was on my phone, so I was not paying attention to anything. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, had, like, my phone. I had counted on this happening. So, <laughs> and I go and I went and plugged the lights in and then I had the ring in a box that had a light on it so she could see it. Yeah, and again, I had no idea what was happening. So I'm just like playing with my phone, like, okay, fix the lights, whatever. And then there's like a bright light and I was like, what's happening over there? And then I look around and, and she has the marry me star and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. So I get out of the car and I walk over there and I like start crying, but then I see a flash from a photographer. I'm like, nope, <laughs> clean it up. So I'm blown away by their creativity and I just had to share this piece of this couple's story and I feel like I have so many more stories that I want to share because I had so many great interviews. So I kind of want to make this into a two-part episode. So stay tuned to learn more about our couples as well as more wedding stuff on Queerly I Do here with Southern Queries. All right, mm -hmm. Aubrey, I think um, that was a lot to cover. <laughs> I think we should call it a day because we have a, there's a lot in here. Um, a lot to edit down to. Uh, oh, I did want to say one thing, though. Yeah. And I realized that for as long as we've been doing this podcast, you know what we've never asked our listeners to do? We need your support. Please like our show on Apple Podcasts, give us five-star reviews. Please leave, a, leave us a positive rating. Like I listen to a bunch of podcasts and they always end by telling people to do that. And I realized we never ask our listeners to do that. So if you can, please, it would help us out. It would help more people find the show. If you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, say how great we are, lie if you need to. <laughs> and that way more people can find the show. And of course, you know, share these episodes with your friends. Yes, and you can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. We also have an Instagram account. Um, you can totally send us a message and interact with us. We would love to hear from yeah. you. We have had a couple listeners send us some photos um, of them listening to the podcast during their day-to-day, -day, and I cannot tell you how much it warms my heart. Um, so please reach out and uh, please leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And... If they wanted to support the show through this thing called merchandising, where would they find that again? On our website. So if you wanted to sport a sticker or a t-shirt 
even a face mask with Southern queries on it, you can find it on our website under merch. That's amazing. We'll talk to you uh, next time. Indy, it's been great talking to you. Likewise, Aubrey. Bye. Bye. huge shout out to the couples who were featured in this episode we will continue to actually dig a little deeper in these couples interviews that i had they're so rich so hilarious so awesome but shout out to randy and kendall cynthia and adi robin and mac ashley and stephanie i can't wait to share more about these couple stories stay tuned for us talking more in depth with vendors naming conventions, what they're wearing, and more in our series, Queerly I Do. Mm-hmm.